Hallelujah. A few things I want to share with you that's upon my heart. And I'm always grateful to God for my dear sister Ella. Uh, or Josh, she is. She's prayed me through a lot of situations. And uh, I'm going to talk about one of those things um, uh, today. But, um, uh, but I'm going to give you a context of the scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10. Uh, before we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, I want to read a verse from Judges chapter 6, please. Then we'll go to 2 Corinthians 10. Judges chapter 6 and verse 2 says this, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midian, Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. I want you to get the picture here. Midianites were inhabitants of the land that were enemies against God's people, and they prevailed against the Israelites. They prevailed against them. They, the Israelites were losing the battle, and the enemy was having an upper hand. They prevailed against God's people, and because of that, it says the children of Israel, they made them dens, which means hideouts. They began to hide from the enemy when the enemy was prevailing. They made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Now these three terms, dens, caves and strongholds, are pretty much almost synonymous. It's just, uh, you know, there's some uh, differences there. But uh, the general idea is the enemy is prevailing. These the children of God, they don't know what to do. They're backing off. They're afraid to face their enemy. They know that they're losing. And so they create ways in which to hide from the enemy. They create hideouts. And they create, uh, they run into caves in the mountains and strongholds. Strongholds um, um, literally means a place where you can um, find security. But the stronghold here is really, um, uh, you know, it's just another form of a hideout, except it's a stronger one. Okay? Let's go to Second, uh, second Corinthians chapter 10, please. Second Corinthians chapter 10. I'd like to read verses 3 to 5. Second Corinthians chapter 10, and verses 3 to 5. Praise the Lord Jesus. This morning, I want us to pray for ourselves and some of our loved ones that we're concerned about. If you've been praying and praying for certain people in your family to be saved, delivered, healed, whatever it is, today, what the Lord's placed upon our heart is there's a gift of faith, there's an anointing here to just basically tell the devil enough is enough, and we're going to pull down some strongholds and expect some miraculous results in the near days to come. Excuse me. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience 
is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Sister, I want to, your Bible is so anointed, I want to take it home with me. <laughs> I love that. She's marked it, every, everything up. She loves her Bible. And uh, just want to read a few of those verses there, then I'll be quoting several other scriptures. But uh, the Midianites were enemies. The Israelites were hiding from the Midianites. In fact, if you read the rest of Judges chapter 6, it says, when the, Mid when the Israelites had sown for their own sustenance, food, crops, at the time when they were to reap their harvest, the Midianites would come like a mighty army and stand there and they would take away all the increase that uh, belonged to the Israelites. And then it says, and it left them in poverty. You may not understand it, but there are evil spirits that are lined up against your destruction, not just in some other areas of our, our lives that we're familiar with, but even in the areas of our finances. So these Midianites, they waited for the right time. As it is, they were already prevailing against the Israelites, the Midianites were, and as it is, they had already intimidated them and drove them into the mountains to find hideouts and caves and dens in the mountains. And in their fear, whenever they sowed something for their sustenance, at the time of the harvest, the Midianites were there. It sounds like the devil, doesn't it? About the time you need some promotion. About the time it's time for a breakthrough in your life. You have an army of the enemy more reinforced than any, any time before. And just before that breakthrough, they come and they just take away your sustenance and leaves you in poverty. Leaves you without sustenance. That's what the rest of that uh, chapter 6 talks about. In fact, God raised up Gideon in the same chapter. An angel of the Lord. So all of God's people were living in poverty. They're living in mountains. They're in hideouts, in caves, in strongholds. And, uh, and at the right time, when they were about to have an increase, the enemy comes and takes it away, robs it, and leaves them impoverished. You can imagine that. They're living in fear. They're living in uh, hideouts. And an angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. And this is what the angel of the Lord says. You are a mighty man of God, Gideon, and the Lord is with you. And I can just imagine Gideon looking around saying, is there another Gideon around here? You know, angel, who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. You are a mighty man of God, Gideon, and the Lord is with you. And Gideon asked the only logical question anybody would ask. If the Lord is with us, why are we in such bondage? If the Lord is with us, where are all the miracles? What are you talking about? I'm a mighty man of valor. What are you talking about? I'm hiding out here in caves just like the rest of the Israelites. I'm living in fear of the enemy. And they're robbing everything else. And you have the audacity. What kind of angel are you to tell me that I'm a mighty man of God? Mighty man of valor, and that the Lord is with me. You see, that, you know, God is a God of faith. He calls things that are not as though they were, and they become a reality. Romans uh, 4.17 says, So it may not look like you're a mighty man of valor, or it may not look like you're a mighty woman of valor. It may not look like the Lord is with you, yet the word of the Lord is, the Lord is with you. Hallelujah. In Psalm 91, 14 and 15, the Bible says, God says, I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. Praise God. The Lord is with us in trouble. 
I'll never forget many years ago when I was traveling with Dave Roberson, our mutual friend, uh, uh, Cecil and Lelani. You know, I had, uh, I didn't have any money. I was traveling with him. Didn't have any source of income whatsoever. And uh, from the place that I had left previously, a phone bill had come. And uh, uh, it was for $150. And I didn't have that kind of money. I was really troubled. So those people contacted uh, us. And then they said that uh, in three days' time, you have to have this phone bill paid. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to ask Dave, you know. And he didn't have much of uh, any money either. And so I was just praying, praying in tongues and asking the Lord. And the Lord spoke to me from Psalm 91, 14 and 15. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. And the Lord says, son, don't just settle for deliverance in this situation. But I want you to settle for deliverance with honor. I never thought of such a statement at all. Deliverance with honor. Some of us would be so happy to just get out of that whole mess, you know. Uh, and, uh, but God says, I'm with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. Sometimes we're only thinking about, Lord, just get this pressure off me. Get this financial situation off me. Get this uh, sickness off me. Get this devil off me, you know. But God looks at it much beyond that. You are a mighty man and woman of valor, praise God. And the Lord is with you. And if he's with you, he says, I'm with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will honor you. So today we're going to claim deliverance with honor. Not just deliverance, because we know that the Lord is with us in trouble, praise God. So, and uh, I started thanking God. Lord, I've never heard such a thing, deliverance with honor. But Lord, I've got only three days. How is that going to happen? You know, deliverance with honor. I know that uh, Dave doesn't have hardly any money. I'm not going to ask him that. And uh, then the Lord spoke to Dave. He came to me later that same day. And he said, you know, he was, he was looking really not so good. He was a little upset. He said, Augie, the Lord spoke to me about you. And uh, I said, what's that? He said, he told me to give you $150. And, uh, but then he said this. The Lord also told me. He said, Augie, in the next 10 days, I have to have $3,000 to pay off all my bills. He said, the only thing that I have in my account is about $200. And out of the $200, the Lord told me to give you $150. And, uh, but he says, the Lord also said, if I do this, give you $150, then in less than the 10 days' time, I'll, I'll bless you with the $3,000 that he needed, you know. And uh, at that time, nobody knew who Dave was, you know. And, and then I told him what the Lord told me. He said, Dave, just like God is using you to bless me with $150, and this is the way God is using that to give me deliverance with honor. I also told him, let's believe God for deliverance with honor for you also. Praise God. And, you know, in the next five days, about um, how many? Five people. I'm sorry, uh, I don't remember how much it was. There were several people sent him checks within five days' time amounting to $3,000 in five days' time, and he needed it by 10 days. I, and he got delivered with honor, and I got delivered with honor. Praise God. I don't think you knew this. I don't know. Maybe you remembered this, guys. But uh, uh, I was just thinking about that. Many times when we're in trouble, we don't realize the way God sees us is you are a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty ma woman of valor. And the Lord is with us. If the Lord is with us, praise God, He will deliver us and He will honor us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Even though we're hiding out, you know, even though we're intimidated, even though we're ruled by the fear of the enemy just uh, taking away our increase and everything else, today the message is He is with us in our trouble. 
He will deliver us and He will honor us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 5, what we just read, Paul says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. He said the weapons of our warfare, they're not human, they're not carnal, but the weapons we have are spiritual. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So whatever cave you're hiding in mentally, emotionally, you know, there's a lot of us, because of pressures in our lives, <clears throat> we're just hiding in different kinds of uh, uh, hideouts in our lives. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, <clears throat> so pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? Stronghold literally means it's like a fortress. Uh, the enemy has created such a fortress in your mind, it's not easy to pull down a thought pattern. It's not easy to pull down, pull down a habit. It's not easy to pull down an addiction. It's that kind of a thing. Uh, a fortress also is like a castle. A picture of that is Second Corinthians chapter, Second uh, Samuel chapter five. It says that uh, uh, um, in Jerusalem, there's a group of people that control Jerusalem. Uh, you know, uh, through the castle, through the fortress there, <coughs> and. Um, and David was going to come and take it over. And these, uh, they were called the Jebusites. And the Jebusites that controlled that, that uh, castle, that fortress, they said, there's no way David can come and defeat us. Why was that? Because surrounding this fortress, there was thousands of people that were blind, that were poor, that were lame. And there was like a human shield over there. And they said, we've been here for a long time. David cannot defeat us. But they were wrong. David came defeated them, pulled down that stronghold, praise God, and that same place, which was the stronghold of the enemy, became what is called as Zion, Mount Zion, or the city of David, which represents the presence of God. The same areas of your mind, your emotions, and uh, your memories, where the enemy has erected a stronghold, I tell you, today we're going to pray, we're going to pull down some strongholds, and that place is going to be the place where the presence of God is going to occupy in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. A stronghold is actually a false idea. It's a lie that we believe. And uh, many years ago, uh, John Osteen wrote a little booklet called Pulling Down Strongholds. It's a wonderful little booklet. And uh, he says, the devil brings a thought. That thought, that thought becomes an imagination. And when you act upon it, Believe it, it becomes a stronghold. He was praying for a young man who was tormented by a spirit of homosexuality. He was not a homosexual. And the Lord revealed to John Osteen and said, Young man, the Lord shows me you're tormented by a thought, by, an, by a lie of the enemy that you're a homosexual. You're not. And, uh, and uh, John Osteen cast that out. The man began to cry. He said, that's right, sir. This is the way... The enemy operates. He presents a thought to your mind. You're homosexual. You're this. You're that. Get a divorce. Be unfaithful. You know, uh, maybe you got cancer. Maybe you got uh, AIDS. Maybe this, maybe that. The devil operates by throwing thoughts at your mind. And when he starts that, and that's the way he did with Eve. You know, and uh, uh, that's why in Second Corinthians chapter 11, 
uh, verse 3 says this. Sister, could you read that please? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. There it is. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. So it says, I, uh, uh, Paul says, I fear lest by any means, let me get out of the way, lest by any means as the serpent, the devil, beguiled, the word beguiled means deceived or seduced or corrupted. As the serpent, the devil, beguiled, deceived, seduced Eve, through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. That's the way the devil operates. What did he say to Eve? He said, did God really say you shall not eat of it? So it's a thought. And Eve did not realize it was the devil that threw the thought at her. Many times there's a lot of thoughts that we are entertaining, but we don't realize that it's coming from the enemy. So it's the power of suggestion. Did God really say, you shall not eat of this tree? And she thought that was her own thinking. And she began to let that thought turn it into uh, uh, reasoning and imaginations and things like that. And she, in her thought, began to respond back to the, the, to the devil, but didn't realize it was the devil that she was uh, you know, dealing with in her mind. Uh, God says, you know, don't eat of this tree lest you die. But, you know, she began to compromise. When the enemy comes in with uh, the power of suggestion, it puts you on the defense, makes you want to compromise. And, and then the enemy said, you shall not surely die. He said the exact opposite. And, and the process from what, what you know God says, and when you contradict God's word, is a process by the power of suggestion the enemy will use to program your mind until you'll begin to believe and think the exact opposite to what God's word says. This is the way the whole thing about a lot of people that are struggling with homosexuality or immorality or divorce or any other things, the enemy is throwing thoughts at them and they don't know what thoughts are theirs or what thoughts is from the enemy. And when we allow these thoughts, thoughts become imaginations and imaginations then practice upon will become <clears throat> strongholds in our lives. So, that's why it says uh, 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 what we read in Second Corinthians chapter 10. It says, pulling down strongholds, casting down imagination. Imaginations also means reasonings. It's a system of thinking. Casting down imaginations, pulling down strongholds. You see, you can cast down imaginations. You can pull down strongholds, but you have not completed the job yet. And then it says, and bringing every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's where it started. Many of us lose our victories because we didn't take that last step. Casting down imaginations, bringing down, uh, 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 pulling down strongholds, and we've got to go one step further and bring every thought that started that whole process into the captivity of Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to do today. Some of the things in our lives, whether it's uh, mental, emotional, and family situations, there may be loved ones here uh, you know, that uh, may not be here with us today, but they're struggling with some addictions, with drugs, alcohol, uh, homosexuality, lesbianism, perversion, pornography, a lot of these kinds of things. I remember many years ago, uh, uh, one of the leaders in my church, I pastored on the East Coast, he came to me with tears. He said, I'm addicted to pornography. And he said, I don't know what to do. I've prayed, I've fasted, I did all these things. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to just say this thing to him. 
I said, uh, brother, you're not ever going to be delivered from this problem. He started to cry even more. He said, why are you saying this to me? I said, turn to Colossians 1.13. And I had him read it out loud. When Jesus went to the cross, it says, past tense, he has already delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son. Praise God. I said, according to the scripture, brother, you're not ever going to be delivered from this thing. You've already been delivered. And the light came on. And when the light came on, the truth was revealed. And the truth always sets you free. So I said, lift your hands up and begin to thank the Lord. You're not ever going to be delivered from this thing. Because according to the word, you know, when he went to the cross, he has already delivered you from the authority of darkness. Hallelujah. And when he started thanking God, I rebuked those spirits that controlled those addictions. And a week later, he came back just with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. And said, I've never, I never thought I'd ever be set free, but I have been set free. So today we're going to pray for loved ones, and that's what I have in my heart to pray, especially for those of our loved ones. And uh, I have some loved ones also uh, that, um, that need to be set free. And enough is enough. So we're going to pray for people that are not saved in our families, not delivered, and going through some situations in life. And today we're going to exercise this thing. Rather than just preach and explain a lot of these things, today we're going to be doers of the word. We're going to pull down some strongholds. Would you stand with me, please? And we're going to, I want you to start thinking about certain things in your own life, certain family members, certain people that are yet to be saved and delivered. And, uh, we're going to, and I want you to specifically bring them before the Lord. And we're going to agree together, shall we? Lift your hands up to the Lord, please. Hallelujah. Say this after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus... Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me by your precious blood. I believe in my heart. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. I am born again. My sins are forgiven. I am washed by the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I receive this word today. In Jesus' name. I am diligently hearing the word. And acting on the word. And because of this, I declare, you've set me far above all my circumstances. All the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 are coming upon me and overtaking me. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. If the devil comes one way, he flees seven ways. I'm continually speaking the word. Meditating the word. Acting on the word. I make my way prosperous. I have good success. In the name of Jesus. Every wicked spirit. Controlling oppression. Depression. Intimidation. Anxiety. Fear. Witchcraft. Curses. You have no dominion over me. You have no dominion over my loved ones. And in the name of Jesus, you are cursed to the roots. You are cursed to the roots in Jesus' name. And I declare, we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. In Jesus' name. Every wicked spirit controlling the roots of sickness, disease, pain in our bodies and in our loved ones bodies we're talking to you you have no dominion over our bodies and in Jesus name 
You are cursed to the roots. You're cursed to the roots. In the name of Jesus. We believe we now receive supernatural healing and health towards a very long life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every wicked spirit controlling every part of our loved one's lives through addictions, alcohol, drugs, uh, 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 immorality, homosexuality, perversion, pornography. All of you wicked spirits, you have no dominion over our loved ones. In the name of Jesus, you are cursed to the roots. In the name of Jesus, you're cursed to the roots. We believe, we now receive deliverance with honor for our families. In Jesus' name, all our loved ones are coming to Jesus. As for me and my family, we're serving the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise, shall we? Amen.